Do I feel like I really pushed myself? Did I challenge myself with my load selection? Or did I feel like every time I stood up from that squat, I could go right back under the bar in five seconds and go again? If that's how you feel, you probably should have increased weight. You probably should have done a couple more repetitions. You could have done a little bit more to really challenge yourself and be in a position where you needed to have that rest period to go on to the next set or, or whatever it is. What's going on team? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. If you are new here, welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Jared Hamilton. I'm your host and I have another really cool episode ready for you today. Um, I just got interviewed or I got, I'm sorry, I just got finished interviewing a newer friend of mine. Uh, his name's Alex Bush. Alex and I actually, it's weird. We talk about it a little bit and we talked about it some off camera, but we, uh, we've like known of each other for quite a bit of time. Um, but like never really fully connected. And I've been wanting to get Alex on the show because he's so brilliant when it comes to all things training related. And that's what I want to get him on the show to talk about. Alex is, um, is basically owns a coaching company called physique De development. And he is such a genius and so brilliant when it comes to all things training related. Um, so I wanted to have him come on here and get a little bit of a different perspective, um, around, training, like for specifically for the goals that you have, because training is such a valuable piece to everything. I know when, in the world of fat loss and transformation, we talk about like nutrition and everything like that. But if your training is not in the right place or you're not training the right way, it will yield two different results. Like if you go the next year training the absolute best way possible or a year like doing bullshit, like you're going to have two entirely different outcomes. So I wanted to have Alex come on and I had some specifics I wanted to ask him, but all, the biggest thing is I wanted to, to have him talk about, he did an, did an amazing job about uh, with doing was talking about things around the idea of where does, you know, things like training with like optim, like the optimal program, the optimal plan and doing things the best way possible also meet just practicality. Where does optimal and practical like meet together for the average person? Because I'll be honest, most of you listening to this are not bodybuilders or physique athletes or whatever. We're all just normal people, but we really need to look at training through a different lens. And Alex is one of the best people to talk about this. So that's why I wanted to get Alex on the show and interview him around this stuff. And he did an amazing job and gave some amazing insights around a lot of the questions and problems that you, that you struggle with, like, like what constitutes as a good workout? How should someone mentally go into a workout? Like where, what, what about failure? Like how to, how to even select the right weight? Um, all of these different things, how to mentally frame a workout where like going into a gym and going to do your thing the best way conceptually to go about it so you get the best results possible without living in the gym. All sorts of things like this. So I know you're going to get a lot out of the episode, but before we get into all of it, I do want to give a big thank you to the sponsors of the show. Sponsor number one is Flex Pro Meals. Um, you guys know that I love my Flex Pros because for me, things are just so all over the place with my schedule and even the best schedules still have stuff come up. But if you find yourself either always on the run, always on the go, schedules all over the place, taking kids to soccer games and dance practices and all these things, and you find yourself either not wanting to cook, not having time to cook, or you always end up in a drive through spending way too much money, always running into gas stations, something like FlexPro can be a game changer for you. Because number one, it's cheaper than going through a drive through It's going to save you so much time. It tastes amazing, and it's calorie and macro friendly. It's made by a chef. They, they call themselves the Amazon Prime of meal, like meal services. And it's, like I said, it's cheaper than going through a drive through It's freaking spectacular. So if that's something that's up your alley and you're like, man, having some meals on deck where I can just grab and go, would be pretty helpful. Definitely check them out at the link in the description or go to flexpromeals.com. And to save you a little bit more money, use my code Hamilton trained, and it will save you 20% at checkout, which is pretty dope. Um, second sponsor of the show is first form the supplement company. I have on one of their shirts. I get whenever I wear this like longer sleeve first form sweater shirt thing, because of where the logo is at, people say I look like a first form priest. It's really kind of weird. But anyway, um, big thank you to first form. Um, we're actually, uh, uh, depending on when this podcast drops, um, first form actually just hit me up and they're going to be, they want to offer my community a giant supplement giveaway. So here very soon, keep an eye out on an email and in the Facebook group, all the links to that are below as well. They're going, we're going to be doing a big, huge supplement stack giveaway from first form because of how, how well you guys are doing. And they just hit me up and they said, Hey, we want to give the back to your community and do a big supplement giveaway. So keep a look, I keep a lookout for that coming, coming very soon. 
Um, but otherwise, here's the thing. When it comes to the goals of transformation and feeling better and looking better and having more energy and moving better, supplements are not the end all be all, right? They're never meant to replace food, but they are meant to fill the gaps you are not getting with food, right? Whether this be something like you're always, your joints always hurt or whether it be your recovery is never not, not as good, or you just can't get another, any more protein in your day, or you don't eat like seven servings of fruits and vegetables and you're missing some vitamins and minerals all these kind of things. If you're not going to get where you need to be with food, then this is when we utilize supplements. So two things. Number one, if you, if that's up your alley and you want to make sure you're taking the best products that have, that are safe, that are accurate, that are tested in the whole nine yards where you're not just wasting your money on bullshit. Cause the last thing I want you to do is just go into like Amazon or GNC go, what will take, what will taste the best and least shitty and what's cheapest? Like that's just never the best way to go about it. So definitely check out the link below to, uh, to check out first form stuff and see what they have going on. My code or my link is below. It does support me and I really, really appreciate it. But if you're not quite sure where to get started with supplements, I will also have a YouTube video linked down there that gets into supplements on like what to take, what not to take, what I take, what our clients take, things like that. So, um, all right, I'm going to shut up now and get Alex's clip, uh, moved over here. Uh, be sure and subscribe to the show if you have not already. Also, this episode is on YouTube. If you, if you're just listening to it and you want to watch the interview with Alex and I, um, Alex and me, I'm not sure. I think it's Alex and me is the correct way to pronounce that or the, the, the correct grammar with that. Anyway, you guys know, I don't talk right. Um, I will get to that right now. I will talk to you in just a minute. But yeah, man, like I, I, uh, I feel like, and this is how it always goes. I feel like we have all the mutual friends, like across the board. Uh, I'm trying to think, I don't know. I can't remember when I started finding your stuff. Um, cause I went, whenever I started getting into this, into like coaching in the space, um, I got hyper obsessed with, um, with the technical side of execution mm -hmm. with like, with training specifically. Like that's when I, I got studying like some in one stuff, um, some like Joe Bennett stuff, like all those guys, like in, back when like in my 40 stuff, um, and I think I may have found you somewhere around in that mix because in, because that's what you, you, especially now post so much about and stuff, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, yeah, the old MI40 days, it's interesting because Austin, Austin interned at MI40 when we were in college and that's how we got connected with, uh, those guys and then Kasim and Adam and, uh, Joe Bennett, everybody kind of branched off and did their own things. And so then, yeah. And then all the information just kind of spread. And, and that was the, uh, I guess the origin of all this exercise execution stuff, getting super duper <laughs> into the weeds, um, yeah. you know, five or six, I guess longer than that, probably six or seven years ago, I suppose. Cause I start cause I started following Austin and I think that's what eventually led me to you. Um, but one of the things that that's, this is all honestly why I wanted to have you come on. Cause with my show, it's, uh, it's called dieting from the inside out. And it's very much like talking to people about how to just sustainably get to where they want to be and doing some of the more uncomfortable work to get there. But the thing that I wanted to really talk with you about, cause I love your content. I love the way that you conceptualize things. Um, and my nerdy side really, really digs into a lot, like the technical as aspects of execution and, and like deep levels of physiology and all of that. But my thing is where do you, for, in your opinion, the, the, where's the dichotomy between the, when it comes to training, um, the optimal side with getting, you're talking about like deep into force vectors and strength curves and all the overwhelming stuff for most people. When it comes to that, where is the dichotomy for you in what's optimal, but then what's practical for the average person and, and how to approach that? Yeah. So with this, it is a, a matter of really being able to meet the individual where they are at personally. That's the big driving force here. So wherever their knowledge base is at, you as the coach or you as the educator need to be able to meet them exactly where they are. And so my big thing is that no matter how far I'm pushing within my own education and the greater understanding of all these different topics and um, training modalities and those different aspects, I always need to be able to work back and get to the core of, of what this really all means and, and be able to explain explain it to a second grader type situation. Yeah. I want to be able to always explain it in the most simplistic terms so that no one feels like I'm talking over their head or feels as though that they are, um, you know, self-conscious that, oh my gosh, I, you know, I want this person to help me, but I really don't understand anything they're saying. So now I feel uncomfortable and now I'm nervous and all these different factors. Like that's the last thing that I want anyone to feel like. And I think that unfortunately, especially in the education space from a Instagram perspective or just social media in general, oftentimes people want 
to feel as though that they're talking over others' heads because that makes them feel superior and makes them mm-hmm. feel like, okay, I do know more than you. You should listen to me. And that's like kind of how some people really like to teach. And I am the opposite to that. I want everyone to feel very welcomed and make them feel as though that we can break everything down to wherever you're at so we can build you up together and so that you can you know run forward and have those things in place. So where that really meets for me is, is simply wherever that person is and then being able to make everything digestible and then be able to move forward if they're wanting to expand their knowledge or where they're at with their understanding is like, this is a good spot because a lot of people, and you may resonate with this because I know I do, that as they get deeper and deeper, you start to feel almost dumber and dumber. You you <laughs> learn more and more and you're like, damn, I really don't know yeah. all that much. And so there's kind of a threshold of, I know this much and I'm kind of in a good spot and I feel like I, I'm, I'm confident in what I know. So it may just be good for me to hold steady here and not try to push too far because there is a, a threshold where it starts to go down and you're like, man, I, I don't know shit about any of this. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I remember when I first started getting into like the deeper levels of this stuff, it, it's like understanding the universe. It's like the more you learn, the more you realize you're a speck and have no fucking clue about anything. Um, yeah. It was like, I'm curious, uh, what got you into like this kind of stuff? Cause like, I don't even think I know your full story and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like what got you, what even got you interested in all in this deeper level of, of stuff? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I was very fortunate to have an incredible, teacher and strength coach in in high school. His name was uh, Josh Wildeman. He's a great friend of mine now. I was very fortunate to have him uh, be a coach to me in high school, was a professor to me in college, and has, like I said, been able to be a friend growing up. So he really instilled in me just the quality and what training can really be for individuals if done correctly and how a lot of individuals are doing it incorrectly and there's a lot of ways to not do it properly. And there's only a few ways to really do it right and have the best results within things. And so he was very, very strong in just teaching how to do exercises properly. There was a for like eighth graders at at the time they were having, like you would go into the weight room and you had, I think like six months of just learning how to do all the exercises. Like that was your entire training at that time was just learning how to do all the different exercises. And he had regressions and progressions to all the different exercises to learn how to squat properly, to learn how to deadlift and power clean and and hang clean and um, bench press all those movements properly. And he was very, very strong within the technique of all these different exercises. And so that was how I was brought up. Just that was my first exposure to resistance training as a whole. And so I was extremely, extremely fortunate, had no idea at the time, but as I've grown, realized like how lucky I really was to have that individual in my life. Um, and so with that, and he was somebody who I looked up to at the time and, and still to this day, like he is someone who has been a, a really big piece of my life in general. And so him being someone that I looked up to, it was just like, this is how this is done. And he was very regimented and, and very technical in those things. And that was just something I continued to carry on with me from high school into college and, and to now um, as a whole. So that was kind of the originating of me being very technical to the exercises and those different factors. I love that, man. That's so like it's it's people forget how big of a role someone like that plays in someone's life. You know what I mean? Because um, I, I remember um, when I was before I got into online coaching, I was a personal trainer and I would work with locally a ton of like the high school athletes and stuff. But the overarching running theme from all the strength coaches are, oh, as long as that bar gets up, like that's all I care about. Like I, I had this kid come into me one time. He uh, uh, I'm still still friends with him to this day. Now he's an adult, but he uh, the kid was just one of those like corn, corn fed kids that can just put all the weight up effortlessly due to squatting 500 pounds effortlessly on his toes. Like just like boom in a shot right back up, no injuries, no problems. But I saw like a video when he hit it for the first time, his strength coach was excited and was like no critiquing. And then he came to me for like all the stuff he wasn't getting. And I'm like, bro, we have problems. And I, so I fixed his execution. Then like, lo and behold, his, his weight skyrocketed even more. But I think there's just that overarching piece that so many people are just missing this conceptual levels of understanding of how your body works. Yes. And, and I think that it's very difficult for individuals like that to 
take that step back to really learn how to execute. It's like, dude, I just squatted 500 pounds. How are yeah. you going to tell me that I need to do something different than what yeah. I just did? Like I, I'm squatting potentially more than you ever have type situation. And you're trying to tell me I something different. I was not different. squatting 500 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so that's where things get challenging. And I, I, I also want to state just the aspect in which I am just very curious of being able to get that 1% better. This is like my whole life. I've just been very obsessed with the small details um, of all the aspects of, of playing sports and, and getting into resistance training and, and running a business and those different things. I just love the nuance of things. And so that has been something that I've been able to apply within uh, resistance training and teaching clients and those different factors. And so the obsession with the 0.01% as well as the, the upbringing are certainly the, the root of it all. That's huge, man. I love that. Now I know for like with, you know, like with your brand and everything, like I know you work with a lot of like competitors and higher level, like athletes and stuff, but look at, let's say looking through the lens of just your average person, like the average 35 year old Mrs. Jones who has never really done a whole lot, like other outside of like, let's say some beach body programs and stuff like that. Cause that's where so many of like my community is at. Um, what are some f f from like, cause I know obviously every person's different. Every person's biomechanics are different and all of that stuff, but for some overarching mental concepts going into approaching strength training from a very newer to intermediate level, is there anything in particular that just overarching themes that you don't see talked about very much or where a lot of people go south pretty quickly on ways that they can approach strength training as a whole, um, even if they're doing this on their own, just some general like concepts from your perspective. Of course, I think that there's a, a couple of things that we can look at. The first thing is going to be more is not better, right? They. I literally have that in my notes. Like I literally <laughs> added that. I wanted you to talk about that. <laughs> more is not better uh, because I think that oftentimes individuals get into the gym and they may are they may only be familiar with, let's say four or five exercises. And they're like, okay, I'm just going to go in there and crank away at these particular exercises that I have some understanding of, and I'm going to do 15, 20 reps of, you know, whatever the weight is and, um, find themselves in a situation where they're just repping it out and not really doing a whole lot. They're just more so moving through space. They're burning calories. And there's a, a time and a place that that could be a useful tool. Like there, you do need to burn calories. And, and if that's something that's just going to get you to the gym and, and get you into the habit of going, I'm all for it. And I'm rooting for that person, but there's going to be a progression that's necessary for them to really see the progress that they want to see in their body and to see the changes that they want to see. And so I think that getting to a place of really understanding how the body functions and getting an idea of what these different exercises are, are doing or, or how we can get better within the quality of our repetitions and being able to really challenge ourselves. Because when we look at the weight selection for someone who has never been in the gym, has never had direct guidance within their training, and they're just going in for the first time, they have no understanding of what true failure feels like. And really right. any sensation to the tissue is like, okay, that burning or, or this kind of feels like it's pulling. I'm not really sure. So I'm just going to stop training at this point. Like I don't have any understanding or awareness of what this really is. And so they find themselves in a situation where they're like, I don't know how to, you know, find failure. I don't know how to push myself within the training because I haven't had that guidance. And so I think that that's one of the more powerful things that online coaching, in-person training can really provide uh, by allowing for the individual to have the confidence of like, no, you can keep pushing yourself. There's more in the tank here. You can really challenge yourself uh, within the gym more. And so I would say understanding the exercises and and having a plan going in and then also really challenging yourself and trusting that your execution's in a place to challenge yourself. Those would be the the two first things that I would, I would dig into for sure. I love that. It's, it's interesting. We see a lot of people like on the concept of that, that more is better that we like, we've seen people go from the place of going from whatever, what I call the bullshit they were doing to like doing things the right way because of the mass difference in, differences in it. But the lack of understanding, it's like, Oh, but this isn't enough. I was spending two hours a day doing what I call back kickflip workouts where we're doing like single leg BOSU ball squats with an overhead press with a backflip and all this crazy shit that we see online or, um, but then going to some basic fundamentals and really pushing great movement patterns, spending a fraction of the time that they were doing like two hours a day, but now we're down to like 40 minutes. 
I, and then a lot of people right out the gate are like, but it's not enough. What is this bullshit? Um, what are your thoughts on that? So when we look at just the aspect of individuals only having an understanding of difficulty being aligned with how much I'm sweating and how heavy I'm breathing, it's difficult for them to understand that this is not the only metric that we're tracking. There are other things that we're trying to implement here and your resistance training and really trying to change your body composition and add muscle tissue is not going to be dependent on how hard you're breathing or um, how much you're sweating necessarily. Are those byproducts of us being able to put on some muscle tissue? Certainly, but they're not going to be the, the main catalyst of if we do a bunch of this, all of a sudden we're gonna be in the best shape of our life type situation. And so moving them to a situation where we can we can really focus on are we getting stronger? Do we feel ourselves having muscular tension? Do we feel challenged within the set itself? Those are the things to really try and focus on and um, seeing themselves maybe record their training uh, exercises to compare and say, okay, this is my example. Maybe you have a physique development. This is a, a plug for <laughs> our YouTube channel. <laughs> Let's go. You can use the physique development YouTube channel, look up any exercise. We have almost every exercise on there. You can look up the exercise, use that as your example, take your video, put that side by side and say, okay, this is how to execute this properly. Am I doing it in a similar fashion? If not, what can I adjust? What looks different? And then, you know, continuing to progress in that way are important things to, you know, keep in mind and, and things to focus on as you're trying to really change your body composition rather than just simply, I'm sweating a lot, I'm breathing heavy and, and those things. I love that. I love that so much. I think so many people are still stuck in the old, like, 1960s model of training where it's like, oh no, if uh, two hours is better than an hour, or lots of sweat is better than a little bit of sweat, or I got, I got really on a breath. Um, so that must've been good or, you know, whatever for, so for you, let me ask you this. So then what would you constitute as a good workout? If someone's like, I, I don't even know, like if the, you just threw out all the things that I thought was <laughs> made a good workout. Great job, Alex. Right. So like, how do I quantify, how does someone quantify a, a good training session? Good training session. So one of my, my big drivers is live to train another day. We are not so wanting <laughs> to walk out of here in a place where we are immobile. Like I'm not celebrating the aspect of I trained legs on Monday, it's Friday, and I'm still having trouble getting up from the toilet. Like that's not something to celebrate. That's a problem. We need to make some adjustments to the training. And so live to train another day is, is huge. The second thing is going to be an aspect of, are we progressively getting better from session to session? Now, if you're in for your first week and you're creating a baseline within these different exercises that you've selected to be part of your program, you've got to create that baseline. You're not going to be seeing this necessary progression. But as we make from week to week, how are we looking from the week prior? Do we Are we able to increase load? Were we able to uh, film our, our set? Was it better than our set prior? Do we see any differences? How do we feel following the set? Are we seeing less fatigue? Do we feel stronger? What are some of the things that we're noticing within intrinsically in our body of what do we feel? And then the other thing is going to be an aspect in which do I feel like I really pushed myself? Did I challenge myself with my load selection? Did I feel as though that I was, you know, the rest periods that maybe I allotted or rest periods that I had in place, were those necessary? Or did I feel like every time I stood up from that squat, I could go right back under the bar in five seconds and get in and go again. It's like, if that's how you feel, you probably should have increased weight. You probably should have done a couple more repetitions. You could have done a little bit more to really challenge yourself and, and be in a position where you needed to have that rest period to go on to the next set or, or whatever it is. So I would say that those three factors would be a good base for you to understand of, I had a good training session today. And the, the fourth thing, and I'll use this as a bonus because I think that this is very common as well, is that you were focused in the training session. You did not find yourself in a situation where you were just people watching the whole time or every time that you got done with a set, you you sat down and started scrolling Twitter or Instagram and, and were FaceTiming your friend or Snapchatting. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a public gym and I just see these now kids. It's wild to me because I've always you know viewed myself as the kid. I'm, I'm right, right, getting right. out <laughs> of that realm now. And now I'm seeing these kids like Snapchatting their entire workout and then, or they're on like TikTok live and they're you know, recording their entire session and it's mind boggling to me. And so really having that focus factor of, did I really spend an hour or an hour and a half, whatever the time is that you have 
And did I focus on myself? Did I get better today within what I was trying to accomplish? And I think that that's, you know, a big marker as well. That's huge. I think, I think that's something that no one talks about. Like we talk about, like, like you'll see across the board, like all the things that, you know, the, the specifics around like working out and technique and, um, you know, drivers and all these things. But I think that that's one I can tell you, I struggle with the most is like right now what I'm doing with my training. Um, I'm, I'm uh, right now doing longer rest periods and then I have just this current training split I'm on. And I have the, and it's all I want to do is get on Instagram, like for like the two and a half minutes or whatever between like heavy sets. But I think the, the focus is something that not a lot of people talk about. Um, for you, other than just like refraining from Instagram, is there anything that, that you, you or your clients have seen that like helps focus when people are like, bro, I have no, I I don't know how to stay focused without like checking on the kids or worrying about dinner tonight or laundry when I get home or whatever. Is there, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that this is something that I would say almost everybody you know struggles with to a degree. I find for myself that if I have, let's say that two and a half minute rest period, I hit that stopwatch at the conclusion of that set, I add weight to the bar, I take weight off the bar, I get new dumbbells, what have you. I either, I like to pace. I'm big on pacing during my training just because if I sit in, well, there's obviously scenarios that I need to sit and like catch my breath. But if I'm in a situation where I'm doing like a flat dumbbell bench press, I'm probably going to want to pace. Like I'm not just going to want to keep sitting there. So I do like to pace a little bit. And then the other thing is just going to be closing my eyes and visualizing the uh, next set as a whole. I'm really big on the visualization prior to the set in and of itself, because I think that it's an opportunity to already see yourself accomplishing what you are about to do rather than going into the set of like, I hope I can do this. It's like, I just watched myself five times do exactly what is about to happen. And it's already ingrained into my, my mind that this is going to happen. And so, cause that, I think that that's one other thing for individuals is that they find themselves in a situation where they are going up to a weight that they've never handled before. And they're like, I hope I get it. I hope that I am <laughs> able to get under this weight and do it for however many reps I'm supposed to do. And a lot of it is just the mental block of understanding like I've never done this before. And then something kind of feels maybe just a little bit off and they just rack the weight or they're like, I can't go again. And the reality is, is that their mind is just defeating them because more often than not for the gr greater majority of clients that I you know, review videos on and for the the listeners, this is something in, in the online space that I've been coaching for nine years. And it's, I'm, I'm reviewing tons and tons of exercise execution videos every single week. And in that time frame, more often than not, it's not going to be the muscular failure that the individual is, is experiencing. It's more often going to be that their mind is telling them like, you can't do this, or you are not able to, or you don't have the muscular strength to do this. And so they're being defeated by their own mind rather than actually seeing that muscular failure happen. And so having that time for visualization, and, and I'm sure that some listeners are probably thinking, man, that sounds a little woo woo. And I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how, uh, Maybe, if it, Trust Maybe not my list. I'm telling you, dude, I say some crazy woo woo <laughs> shit. So, I mean, the podcast is called Dieting from the Inside Out. So, like, <laughs> I got all the woo woos over here. Yeah. So, so the, the visualization and then, and then, um, the breath work, getting your, mm. your breath back to a stable position and working through like nasal breathing rather than just like huffing and puff, puffing and puffing through your mouth is probably a good situation as well. So, that occupies my two and a half minute, you know, rest periods. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, well, th there's even, even for those listening that get, you know, weird with the, the visualization stuff, there are so many studies, um, in sport, like with sports teams on like, in like big boy studies, like on, on, like on free throws on, um, on all these different areas in sports where they'll do groups of like, all right, these, this group just practiced for two hours a day. This group just visualized for two hours a day. This group practiced and vision or this, no, this group didn't do anything. Um, like for your control and it's, it's astounding. They have so many studies on that for those listening that think it's woo woo shit, but, um, yeah. Uh, I'm curious for now. So cause you brought it up a couple of times and every, I know everyone has a different opinion on this and, um, I don't know if one is wrong or right, but what is your thoughts on failure? Um, you know, we hear like some people like you go to failure every set, um, then the side, like no one has ever experienced true failure. Cause everyone's, you know, a bitch, like there's that, you know, yeah. like where, where does speaking through the, the lens of the average human, not necessarily a competitor. 
So there was an interesting meta-analysis that was reviewed on mass research. Um, so for the listeners, this is a um, this is ran by Greg Knuckles and um, other individuals that are not coming to my mind right this moment. But anyway, <laughs> they review recent research that is, and it's very easy to digest if you're someone who's wanting to get into the nerdy stuff. I highly recommend it. And so there was a meta-analysis going over the self-selection of uh, or self-assessing RPE. And they had found that the individual is picking about 53% of their 10 rep max, thinking that they were getting a, a, you know, hitting that 10 rep max. And it was actually 53% of what they could handle, which was a, you know, staggering number within this meta-analysis that was looking at many different studies. And so when we look at failure, it's something that in the terms of truly meeting failure multiple times in a training session is probably not in the best interest. And it's going against the idea of live to train another day. Because if we're going to failure, true failure, multiple times in a training session, the likelihood that you're able to recover to maybe train that tissue in 72 hours again is pretty slim. It could be pretty slim, depending on where your calories are at in those different aspects. But now when we're talking about, okay, we look at, I think there was like 16 studies in this meta-analysis. And within that, all of the individuals picking 53%, thinking that they were close to failure. It's like, if that's the average gym goer, then I'm going to push you to go to failure every single time because we've mm. got to get much closer to that failure than 53% of it to really see the results that we want to see. And so it's going to be context dependent on the individual and their understanding of really where failure's at. And so for the general gym goer who has maybe never really pushed to failure, really reached that level of muscular failure, what their 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 uh, understanding of failure is is probably about a seven or eight RPE, and that's going to be where we want them to be anyway to really reap the hypertrophy benefit that they are seeking probably. And so, in that context, then I would encourage them to go to failure all the time. All the but time. <laughs> in the you know, but in the absolute nature of it, then that's not going to be the best case. So then the the self assessment is the challenging part, and that's going to be where we run into some issues of of absolute nature when we're talking about it because you're the only person that really knows where you're at from a failure standpoint. And so when it comes to failure and to give kind of a, a, a complete answer here, I like to take a couple sets per, per training session to failure to really see in a controlled environment. There's the, uh, I think a good analogy is that I'm not going to take many sets of squat to failure, but when I'm training biceps, you're sure as shit that I'm taking every set probably to failure. Right. Like I'm going to, you yeah. know, that bicep curl, I'm going all out and I'm going yeah. to max out every single time. That's just the reality of it. And so you, depending on the exercise selection, depending on where your experience level is at and those different factors, I'm always going to lend towards having the challenge and really pushing yourself, provided that it's in an environment that's going to be safe um, and and not putting you at a greater risk of injury. Mm, that's so good. That's so well said. Um, that's that's so good for the people who lean more on the side of, no, I'm, I could totally leave five reps in the tank and that's my normal. And it's like, let's go, let's go harder. But then the people who's like, no, I literally couldn't have done a 10th rep if I got paid. Like, right. it, you know, um, one of the things I think I heard it first years ago when, uh, from, it was, I think it was from Joe Bennett talking about it on the exercises. Like you said, that we would tend to take to failure and, and those not is, is the huge, the, the big barrier to entry is safety, right? Like if someone's taking, let's say your average person taking a RD or just say, it's say a conventional deadlift to failure. Well, that going not, let's say technique going out the window and you're going to mechanical failure. Well, we're talking low back injury. We're talking about hamstring problems, glute problems versus a, de a, a lateral raise. Like you might just get like 15 degrees versus a full, you know, 90 degrees or whatever, you know? So I think that's a big thing to note for those listening that like, what are the, you know, what are the, the ramifications from an injury perspective? if that, that movement pattern goes south, you know, so. Yeah. I think that there's, there is a, a difference within, and, and failure training is such a unique topic. I feel like you could mm -hmm. just go on and on and have <laughs> nuance and like, oh, well, there's this caveat here and there's this caveat here. It's, it's challenging for sure. Yeah, 
for sure. Um, and you know, that's the, part of my questions with, with the stuff that we're talking about is these are just some of our communities, most common questions around training. And like, it's like with you being such, having such expertise in this on such a deep level. Um, I really, I'm really curious to hear some of your thoughts on these for, for those listening. Um, another question we get a lot from brand new lifters and brand new people that just getting into this world is, um, how, what are your thoughts on, uh, on how to pick the right weight? for, for the average person where it's like, well, I've never done that before. And I have this three sets of eight to 10 thing that coach wrote down, but how do we even know what weight to pick for, for the average person? Yeah. So what I have within my client's training is that the first week is considered more of our baseline training. And I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier is that this is where we're trying to set our foundation. And so if we can, if we hit things perfectly from a repetition allotment perspective, great. But the big thing is finding ourselves in a situation where we feel challenged from the load selected. And then we also are finding ourselves in a situation, let's say if it is the three sets of eight, that we complete the first set and then we move into the second set. Were we able to, or how did we feel after that first set? Did we think that we can go up? Okay, let's go ahead and just go ahead and go up and see how we handle it for another set of eight. If you go up again and you find yourself, okay, I hit eight, I'm going to say, could I go up again? Eh, maybe that next weight's going to be too heavy. I'll just go ahead and stay. And then you go ahead and, and hit that same weight. But then the following week, you're like, okay, now I, I know that I hit two sets at whatever that weight was. I'm going to start at a higher weight this time. And can I handle that load? And then it's going to be more so, it's going to be a self-assessment constantly of really trying to see and push yourself. And don't be afraid of yourself in the situation where it's a set of eight and you go up maybe five pounds with those dumbbells on that press and you find yourself in a situation where you only hit seven. It's like, that's actually good information. That's great information for you to know now that this is where your strength level is at. This is what our challenge is of like, okay, now I want to get that weight for eight repetitions. Can I take another 30 seconds of rest and get the eighth rep? Or am I just in a place where this is kind of the wall and I've got to work through this for maybe one or two weeks to be able to do this? And so I think that it's always going to be a matter of just wanting to get that little bit of extra weight on there and continuing to seek that strength improvement while maintaining the execution. Because that's one thing as well, we can continue with the example of a press is that I have clients who want to push themselves from a weight select selection perspective. They, they want to have that extra five pounds, but then the range of motion that they're achieving is because they get nervous and where the, the weight is probably heaviest is at the bottom of those exercises. And so they cut off that bottom end and they're like, I'm doing it. It's like, no, no, no. You're only doing about 50% of the range of motion that we were doing prior. And so we actually need to go down and load while we want to maintain the range of motion. And so this is where filming those sets becomes so, so, so important because I am sure, and, and I'll speak for myself here is that um, like in a, in a hack squat, I can find myself in a situation where in my mind, that was, that was the heaviest I could have gone. There's not a chance I could have got another repetition. And I, uh, watch the video on my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had every bit of two or three reps left. I could have put on a, Smooth a 25 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it was, you know, a lot, a lot of those a lot of those exercises that are going to be more systemically fatiguing, making your whole body tired are going to be ones that in your mind, you're probably done. And then you watch the video. It's like, no, 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 there was more in the tank there. We could have kept pushing. And that's where I think that a lot of individuals maybe fall short because they're scared or don't want to film themselves in the gym. Um, and I think that there's a lot of rules now uh, within like LA fitness and, and Globo gyms that you can't film, which makes things even more challenging um, because, you know, with all good things, there are bad people who abuse those things. And now we can't yep. use just the generally good things, but that's a conversation for <laughs> another day. Um, so I think that, you know, using the videos is huge as well as if you're, if you're lucky enough to have a, a good training partner who's willing to push you and you guys can kind of build Build off of one another is a really helpful tool. Um, I was I was very fortunate when I started training that I had a training partner from the time that I got going that was wanting to. We were you know challenging each other. We were competing against each other every day, and so that's a really helpful piece too. That's huge. That's that's I love that. And you know, I would be remiss if I did not ask this question. I because I know I know exactly what you're going to say. I know I know exactly what you're going going to say. Um, but I just, I just know I'm going to get a lot of hell if, from the, the listeners if I don't ask this. Um, it, it's one of my biggest pet peeves ever. Um, and I still can't believe it's 2023 and people it's, I, I still think it's like the equivalent of carb store fat. I'm like, it's, it, we're, we're beyond that. Um, 
women are still scared shitless they're going to turn into a bodybuilder if yeah. they touch a set of dumbbells and do less than like 20 reps. Um, I would love to hear you talk about your thoughts on like, cause, cause again, and you're someone who specializes in working with women to build muscle and who need to grow tissue and all these kinds of things. So for you with the average person that is the average female that is scared shitless, she is going to get big, bulky, nasty vein gorged out like crazy from adding weight. What are, I would love to hear you talk about that, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes I wish it happened that fast. It would be a, it I would, would be, love it if it yeah, happened that fast. Amazing. Like I'm on test and it doesn't happen that fast. <laughs> like fuck. Yeah. Um, it would be amazing if that was the case. I think that um, there's a lack of understanding of how much hard work really goes into adding that level of muscle tissue, as well as the aspect in which the potential of PEDs and those different aspects are needed to get to whatever that's being visualized. But I think that a big part, and this is some of the things that I've had conversations with some of the women that I've worked with, is that oftentimes one of the more common places that women carry body fat is going to be through their legs. So they have a they have an, a thought process that they already carry a lot of muscle tissue to their legs and they don't want to grow that. And having the conversation of we can lose the body fat and you're going to actually like the look of your legs significantly more if we lose the body fat and that is replaced with muscle tissue. And what that's going to come from is going to be us training hard and really pushing ourselves within the gym. It's not going to be a matter of now your legs are bigger and, and your legs are not fitting into specific uh, shorts or, or pants or what have you. It's going to be a matter of like, you're going to actually like how your legs look more, provided that we get you into better shape and those things. Um, and the same thing goes for, for upper body. It's, it's one of those situations where it's like, I don't want to have these big bulky arms and these big traps and these big delts. And it's like, I, I have been trying to have big delts and big <laughs> traps for over a decade and I'm still going and I've been very consistent over this time frame. This did not happen um you know in in 2 months and I'm still on year 11 or whatever it is and um it still hasn't happened. So I'm still chipping away and I encourage you that uh, just a couple rounds of of pull downs and some rows are probably not going to elicit these just monstrous <laughs> That's probably traps not a failure think. anyway. <laughs> 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 exactly. So, um, and, and I think that, uh, oftentimes like you're going to, you're going to reap so much more benefit from your time as well. Like, I think that that's another thing that when they are only going to 20 repetitions and not really challenging themselves within the session, they get upset or they get, uh, let down because they're not seeing the results or the change that they want to see within their physique. And it's just a matter of changing the approach and changing the, uh, the way that you're going about things to really see the results that they, they, that they want. And then oftentimes that's going to be lifting heavy weights. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, 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 it goes back to like, we're way past that time. Like women touching weights and getting yoked out of their gourds is like, carb storing fat and the earth is flat. Like, you know, it's, we're talking about the same bullshit. Wait, so. the earth isn't flat. What? <laughs> I do. I have fun. We're total tangent here. I heard the best joke the other day okay. on the earth being flat and, and I can get on board with this one. Someone said, well, is the, was most of the earth is water. Correct. Well, yeah. Is it carbonated water? It's like, no. Okay. So it's flat water then. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well then yes, the earth is, the earth is flat. So maybe that's the context everyone thinks, like not pancake flat, but as in not carbonated. Interesting. So, yeah, that's an interesting, yeah, yeah. Interesting total, look at things. Total left field on that one. <laughs> um, the, the, one of the other things I was also wanting to, to, to hear your perspective on um, is there's a, and I can, I have one of these where I go right now. Um, uh, for people who don't have the best setups, like, uh, like we all don't have Prime Fitness USA. <laughs> this is true. At, you know, at an arm's reach everywhere. I am beyond jealous of what you have in your garage. But um, like, uh, give, use myself as an example. Um, the gym I go to is not the gym I want to go to. I'm going to it because it is the most convenient and what will give me the highest level of adherence because the gym I want to go to is a good drive that way. And I know I completely will not be able to go as much as I go right now because of the drive and just the, it's not going to work in my schedule, but I have a normal anytime fitness, like uh, 90 seconds from my home mm -hmm. and it's 24 hours. So for me, there's not a single reason I can't have a consistent training schedule, but because it's a normal 
commercial gym, it does not have, like it doesn't even have a lap pull down machine, wow. like in this, right. So we're getting creative with cables and stuff, but for those that are, that are doing their protocols and their plans in places that don't have the best equipment, um, do you have thoughts on how to approach that with still getting great results? Yeah. So I, oftentimes I will speak to being more voluminous with the exercises that you do have. So you're lessening your exercise selection, but you're increasing the quantity of the exercises that you can do or that you can execute well. And so it becomes something where it may be a little bit boring, you know, relative to having all the great equipment around you and, and being able to have all these different types of approaches and uh, targeting the tissue in different ways and so on and so forth. But the reality or, or the best way to go about this is just getting really good at the exercises that you do have available to you. And if there's any way to change the, the bias of the um, exercise, like we'll use the split squat, for example, because I think that this is probably the easiest one to understand is that if we have a, a positioning within the split squat that we're able to drive the knee forward and we're able to stay a little bit more upright with our upper body, we're able to bias the quad more. If we have a split squat where we're pushing our hips back and we're not having as much knee flexion, we're going to have a greater uh, bias towards those glutes. And so with those two examples, I can use the split squat with two different intents. Maybe I train legs on Monday and I train legs on Thursday and I do a quad focused split squat on Monday and I do a, a glute focused on Thursday type situation. And so getting creative in that way and being able to understand, this is where the understanding of how the muscle works and how we can kind of set up different exercises comes in so much utilization because especially just coming off of you know 2020 and, and 2021 and what that all entailed we had to get creative right we were all just uh, stuck at home with bands and and dumbbells and we had to get resourceful to create exercises that worked for us and it wasn't overly I mean I'm not sure that everyone you know, loved those training sessions but to make progress and to still you know stick up with your training you had to get resourceful and so it's going to be kind of the, the same process there and uh, trying to do the most with what you have is the thought process that I would go with. Yeah, no, I love that. That, that I, I would agree completely with, completely with that. Like I remember whenever um, 14 days to flatten the curve was the, 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 the headline <laughs> and I just knew like, this is not going to be that, but people getting resourceful was one of the, you know, I think everyone saw it was, it was one of the things that there that turned into three years, right? right. So there are some people that are still working out at home. Um, I don't know why, but like they're still working <laughs> out at home. But um, a lot of people kept their head above water. A lot yeah. of people made great progress about because they just said, well, what's still in my control? My nutrition, my, my mindset. And I guess I'll do some stuff with some fucking bands and pushups. And lo and behold, a year later, they lost their 60 pounds or their 50 pounds or whatever, you know? Yeah, it was a, a unique situation for sure. Yeah. But you had Prime Fitness USA. <laughs> Not at the beginning. Garage. Oh, at you the didn't? <laughs> at the beginning, I had a barbell. I had a, I had plates and then I had bands. That was what I That's had awesome. at the beginning. And then um, we got the initial, our first order from Prime, maybe two or three months into the pandemic, I would say. And then we were able to keep things outfitted from there. And I, I yeah, I'm very fortunate with what I have in my garage <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. I love it. That's so cool, man. Dude, this has been so good. I really, really appreciate you doing this. This is like, you're so stoic the way that you, you explain these things, but cause we're talking about like a lot of deeper stuff, but you do such a great job, um, at making it where it's digestible and like totally like when you say at the beginning, um, I can't remember if this was off the camera or on the camera. Um, where, where, when you mentioned that, like you should be able to explain this stuff to like to a second grader where, but you don't, but the person doesn't feel like you're talking down to them. And I think right. you do a very good job at that. That's, it's, Thank you. it's I appreciate awesome. That. So last question, what are, what are like you guys excited about right now? And what are some stuff you're working on that, 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 that you're pretty pumped about in terms of like anything development or Any, anything. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like with, like with, well, anything at all, but like, okay. like, like with the business and with like what you guys are doing and things like that. I'll talk about myself first. Um, so for myself right now, I am expanding my horizons of fitness into other realms. Um, I grew up playing sports as I've kind of talked about a little bit here and, um, 
I have not really had a whole lot of like athletic ventures since I stopped playing baseball in college. And so it's just been resistance training, resistance training, resistance training, and adding muscle tissue. And I've been fortunate to be able to do that. And now I'm in a position where I haven't ran consistently since I was like 175, 180 pounds. And now I sit comfortably at like 215 pounds. And so I'm in a situation where it's like running is a different venture now at this time <laughs> in my life. It is, I'm a little bit heavy heavier trying to run and my my shins and my ankles are not well equipped to uh, to run well. So right now I'm getting back into running, which has been a really cool and challenging venture. Like this is, it's, it's a eye-opening experience as a whole. The other thing that I'm doing is that I'm getting into yoga very consistently. I have- I saw, I've seen you post about that. I have found myself so in terms of my competitive sense that I've I've spoken about a little bit here I'm just very competitive in general and so being in an environment with I, I'm taking more like intermediate to advanced classes because I want to be the worst one in there honestly I like that feeling of like I am so behind the individuals in here that I honestly may be offending them that I'm here but I want to feel that way so that I can I have examples that it's possible because like I am big on the aspect of I just want to have one person show me whatever I'm trying to do is possible. And then I'm able to use that as an example of like, I can do this as well. Like there's not a whole lot different between me and X person and I can also do whatever they did. And so yoga has been a really fun experience to get into because I was horrible at it. Um, And I, I would say that I'm not good now, but I'm significantly better than I was when I started and I'm much more comfortable um, in those different aspects. So those are the two fitness things for me, um, that I I'm digging into personally, um, from a physique development standpoint, man, it's something that, um, we were very fortunate through 2020, 2021 and last year to, to grow quite a bit. And now we're in a place where, um, there were things within our foundation that I just kind of neglected. It was kind of one of those situations that it was, we can keep growing. I can keep working more. I'll just keep adding hours to my day and just keep working, working, working. Now we're having to kind of pull the reins back and, and plug the holes in the ship that I just kind of neglected over that time frame, mm-hmm. which is not a fun experience. And I encourage no. anyone who's, who is uh, <laughs> trying to, to build a business or trying to uh, grow as a whole that plug those uh, holes in the, in the ship much earlier and don't try to sweep things under the rug um, early on. So that's been a, a fun experience in a way of, of having gratitude that I'm able to do that type situation. Not that it's fun and, and, you know, plugging holes and going back and fixing things, but having gratitude that, uh, I'm willing to do it now and didn't wait any longer than I did. Um, other stuff we, I guess that's, you know, those are the, the main things going on here and, and very fortunate to have the, uh, the clients that we do and, and the community that we've been able to build. I think that, uh, one big project that's on the super horizon for us is that we have a training app that, uh, is not for our one-on-one clients, but it's for individuals that just want a, a cheaper option for training only. There will be uh, specific like one-off programs that will be going on there in the next couple of months that I'm really excited about. There's been, uh, some demand for athletic based programs. So like golf intensive and, uh, wow. like s- sports are like snowboarding and these different programs that individuals have had asked for. And so I've been working with, um, some strength conditioning coaches that I went to college with and they're at different universities now. And so we've been constructing these programs for much longer than I'd probably like to admit, but they're almost all done. And so I'm really excited for those to come out. Cause I think that a lot of people will benefit from that to where, um, like, cause I have a lot of guys who golf on the week weekends and weekdays and it's part of their work and they don't really have like a training that's benefiting them to you know get better at this game that they're playing consistently they're just going in and training as they would of just like i'm hitting chest on monday and training legs never um (laughs) (laughs) so um, having a specific program that's going to help them get better at golf and help help them within that specific thing i think will be tremendously helpful so those are kind of the, the things going on for us right now I love it, man. That's so fucking cool. Thank Tell you. me when you get a, a, if you get some jujitsu ones on there. Okay. I'm, that is currently one of my biggest struggles personally right now is balancing my own training with, uh, with jujitsu because of how like recovery intensive jujitsu is with like, not like muscle bellies. I'm talking about like ligaments and tendons and joints, like not working and getting crushed by like two to 400 pound men and all this crazy stuff. So, um, 
it's 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 a whole different animal. So yeah. I mean, I would say the the clients who I have who practice jujitsu on a regular basis, um, I just have them. They have a lot of yoga in their protocols. To be honest yeah, with you, really, yeah, a nice. lot. There's um, they're uh, what do they call it? There's uh, there, there I've I've been seeing around the space. There's um, like like yoga specific jujitsu specific yoga that like models certain positions like hey y- you get put in this really weird upside down spot here let's practice it like right here and stuff like that but um i, I to be honest i never really even thought about doing yoga like ongoing for jujitsu that's that's interesting yeah so Highly it makes for such sure. logical sense like i don't i feel like an idiot for not even thinking of that but <laughs> <laughs> well honestly because it will just make you more sore and then you're going to be like well i want a resistance train at some point and so yeah. like the transition is going to be the hardest part fair yeah fair i love it um where can people find you because like I, I know there's 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 a lot going on right now and whether it be it's from an education standpoint or people are like well i think i just want to work with you like where can people find you guys at so for, for Instagram, you can find me at Alex Bush underscore underscore. The individual who has Alex Bush um, is not kind and will not sell me the, the, the name, but whatever. <laughs> um, I still hold that uh, you know near and dear to my heart that he will never sell that to me. I, I inquire every six months. Um, but you can find me there. And then on YouTube, you can find us at Physique Development. Uh, that is probably our most uh, common platform, my favorite, honestly. And then we have our podcast, which is also the Physique Development Podcast. And um, you can find us find us on TikTok, Alex Bush underscore underscore. Again, somebody else has Alex Bush. Uh, <laughs> Probably the same person. <laughs> it's a very common name. Um, if there was one thing I could change, I would like a little bit more of a unique attempt at my first name from my parents. But um, yeah, so that's where you guys can find me. And if you are wanting to to work with myself or you guys just have any questions, I'm, I'm big on, on email. Uh, so you can just alex at physiquedevelopment.com shoot me an email with any questions that you may have following this episode or anything at all. I'm, I'm more than willing to help. Beautiful. And I will make sure we'll have all that in the show notes and all that good stuff. So dude, I appreciate this. This has been a pleasure. Thank you again for coming on. Absolutely. And we're back. Thank you once again for tuning into today's episode of Dieting from the Inside Out, because we know outer work without inner work just doesn't work. For real, though, I really, really appreciate you tuning into today's episode. Um, If you stuck around for this whole thing, I know you got a lot out of this. Um, So be sure, number one, hit up Alex. Tell him that you you heard him on the podcast and that you really appreciated it and what value you got. Um, The other thing is this. Be sure and share these episodes. Here's the thing, guys. Um, I love doing this podcast. I do it completely for free. I put a ton of time, energy, money, the whole nine yards into the show because I really want to help you. My one ask is to share the show, whether that be share it with a friend if you got value out of it, because don't keep this knowledge to yourself. But also if you could even share it on your stories or um, things like that, it would mean a ton to me. That's my one ask. Um, But otherwise I do have a lot of stuff in the description area for you, depending on kind of where you're at. So I'll just kind of go through it. If you are not following me on your other smaller platform, like the small, like the shorter form platforms, like TikTok and Instagram, be sure and do that. If you like this kind of content in your feed, it'll change everything. When you start putting better content in your daily scrolls, be sure and do that. Links are below. Um, Also, if you are not inside my Facebook community, what the fuck are you doing (laughs) for real though? um, I think everyone to be successful needs a home base. I totally understand how this game goes with how crazy you feel or how lonely this journey is. Like you decide to change your life and all of a sudden half your friends are like, oh, Diana's on her diet kick again. Or your family's like, oh, are we eating healthy now? Whatever. It's in a lot of times people don't know how hurtful those things are. And it's so powerful getting around a group of people who get it, where you're not alone, where, um, where everyone is on the same journey and totally for free. So you should definitely go join my Facebook community. It's called Fat Loss Simplified. The link, you can either search that or the link is in the description. Um, And if you like this kind of content, I put so many resources inside that community. It's completely for free. Like, like we'll, we'll let you write in. Um, But I put a ton of trainings, a ton of value in there. And if you like this kind of content, you'll love it in there. Be sure and join if you haven't, because I'm telling you having the right circle is pivotal to get to the success you're trying to get to in this world of transformation. Okay. Um, next, if you are newer and you're like, I don't even know where to freaking start with all this stuff in the world of training and transformation and like all this stuff. Um, I have a completely free course just for you for this exact reason. If you're listening to this episode and you, uh, and you're like, man, I wish I could have some of these workouts that like Alex is talking about. Now, Alex didn't make the ones I'm about to say, but like, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, man, I wish I had those kind of workouts that are for my goals and that are really effective. 
I have these, these kind of workouts inside that free course that I told you about. It's called the fat loss checklist. I can't remember what day it's on. It's a five day course. It's through your email, but on the workout or the training day, um, I have a full, uh, my, I think it's my minimalist fat loss manual where it's workouts that are completely designed to, um, to, to no matter where you're working out, I have to workouts, tutorial videos, the whole nine yards of the kind of workouts that are going to benefit you the most. And it's totally for free. So just go through the fat loss checklist. It'll change your life. I've had tens of thousands of people go through it and people go through it and they're like, I literally can't believe you did this for free. I can't believe like how much simpler this game of fat loss is. So you'll want to go through that. It will literally change your life. And if it doesn't, it was free. You're not out anything, but some time I'll leave that down there as well. What else we got? Um, also, be sure and subscribe to the YouTube because um, all these episodes are on YouTube now. And if you like to watch your episodes, definitely go check that out and subscribe there. Um, and then also there is a option if, for coaching at the link in the description. If you know it's one of those things for you where where you could really use some higher levels of accountability, support, and someone walking you through things, designing workouts just like the ones we're talking about, making sure your your nutrition is in check, stopping you from sabotaging so you don't ruin everything and yo-yo again. If having a higher level of of that kind of help is something that you're interested in or want to kind of see how we do our thing. Um, when it comes to coaching, definitely apply at the link in the description. I'll leave a special calendar link down there because like I always say, there's a special place in my heart for my podcast listeners. Cause it takes a special kind of person to sit here and listen to me talk or interview people for like an hour. So, um, number one is that link will put you to the front of the list. So like, as in, if during the month we, um, are, are getting close on how many people we can accept, cause we only accept a certain amount of people per month into coaching to keep quality high. Um, if we're like from a waitlist perspective, the podcast listeners get top priority. So you'll definitely want to schedule the schedule that at the link in the description. There's a count, a special calendar link there. This way you can schedule a call with my team. We can learn more about you. We can make sure that coaching is the right fit on both sides. Then we can walk you through how our entire program works. That way you have a full understanding. You feel good about things. Um, and then we can answer your questions there. And then because you're from coming from the podcast, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of free shit if you get accepted into coaching. So it's pretty dope. So that link is down there as well. But I know I just kind of like verbally puked all over you. I just want to meet everyone where they're at that are listening to the show. Um, but otherwise, I appreciate you tuning in and it means a ton to me. So thank you so much. Um, always here if you need anything. And I will talk to you next time. <laughs>